Hello and welcome to the Support Breakfast podcast. If you've just joined us, this is a weekly podcast where we talk about our experiences with helping customers, our experiences with being customers and our shared love of breakfast foods. As you might know, we're all busy busy people, busy bees, lots going on this week. Uh, We're breaking from our usual format to create a shorter than usual episode. So this week, what we're going to do, uh, episode 56, we're going to share... Uh, an insight from a week. We're going to tell a story or describe something that happened, something we realized or something we learned. But first, breakfast. So I am Dave. I'm a customer advocate for Buffer. And for breakfast this morning, I had a protein shake. It's not super exciting. In fact, it's really, really sweet. It's um, chocolate flavored. It came from a supermarket in a huge container that's only half full. I'm not very happy about that. It's this big tub that's mostly full of air. So I feel that's like bad in terms of packaging and wastefulness. Um, I'm going to look out for these protein powders that come in a sort of packet format. I think that might be better. Um, But it's part of a weight loss, gym, fitness, health thing that I'm doing at the moment. Um, And it's very sweet and tasty and quite filling. Keeps me going for a little while. But it's not really a proper breakfast, is it? The consensus is no, it is not. No, Dave, it's a disapproving silence. <laughs> Let's go from bad to worse. <laughs> Sorry, go on, Dave. No, go ahead, Connor. What have you had for breakfast? Tell us all about it. Well, let's go from bad to worse. Hello, I'm Connor. I'm a success coach from Expensify. Today for breakfast, I have not had any breakfast because I rolled out. It's the first day of my week off. And so I slept in this morning and it was glorious. And then I checked the time and I was like, wait, we're podcasting. Oh my God. And so I panicked and I had nothing for breakfast. And I'm so hungry and I'm going to eat your arms, all four of your arms. I, I'm very excited about it. Um, that's me. I'm personally very grateful there's a sea between us right now. <laughs> and my arms are safe. That Connor wouldn't eat our arms because Connor doesn't eat people or animals or sentient creatures that's true that's true i would have to eat well i only eat things that are vegan that's how that's how it works so i would have to go and find sarah kiwi sarah <laughs> and eat her arms <laughs> that's how it works right i, I, I don't think that is about what veganism is <laughs> maybe look it up all right okay. i'll google it and Arab dictionary that- weird cannibalist note i'm gonna take it um i'm lisa i'm a customer success champion for gecko board and this morning because i am a small child i had honey loop cereal for breakfast which is some kind of like own brand version of i guess honey cheerios or something i don't know they're very sweet they make me happy the the box has a giant bee on it with a big smiley face (laughs) definitely childhood see lisa so far you've had um You've come up with the best breakfast out of the three of us, and it's a childhood cereal, and I think that's brilliant. Um, and wait, when... wait, I have an update. I have an update on my breakfast situation. Has Alana breakfast... has just brought me coffee. Says she brought it on a saucer. <laughs> it's very exciting. We have an absent Sarah. Kiwi Sarah is having a proper brunch and she's doing it out in the real world with people in real life. And, uh, she's not, so I think she might edit in her breakfast at this point and edit out the bit that I'm chatting about, but she might not. We, uh, wait and see. 
Hello, I'm Sarah. I'm a product educator from Timely. Oops, nearly forgot where I worked. And this is nearly a week later now. So I'm trying to remember what I had for breakfast, but bless the internet because they have their menu online. We went to Ozone Coffee, which is actually a New Zealand business that has one place in Palmerston North and then one place in London. I mean, if you're going to pick two places in the world to be, one in New Zealand and one in London, kind of a good choice. Uh, this place actually had four vegan friendly options which totally overwhelmed me and made it very difficult for me to decide what to eat for breakfast. Sometimes just having the one option is like a blessing because who wants analysis paralysis when you haven't even had brunch and coffee yet. So I, what I had for breakfast was the green brekkie, spelt B-R-E-K-K-I-E, haha, <laughs> result. That's how the New Zealanders spell it and that's how it should be spelt. Anyway, I had the green brekkie and this included fried spiced potato with tofu pea shoots, broccoli, kale, and in-house kimchi. And I also got a side of herbed avocado, which was amazing, but rather pricey for half an avocado. That's the price you pay in London when you go out for brunch. On a side note, avocado in New Zealand is really expensive, so maybe they were like passing on the cost of having avocados in New Zealand to uh, their London counterparts. But anyway, that was what I had for breakfast. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Oh, I'm just going to come back in about five seconds later to say that it was actually really super delicious and I really enjoyed it. <laughs> just reminiscing on it now, I remembered how good it was. But the only thing was that the pea shoots, I don't know if anyone else has this thing, but when I have really leafy greens, I'm kind of paranoid that I'm going to choke on them. And I've just admitted my weird paranoid phobias <laughs> for the internet to hear. Okay, I'm getting out now. Bye. Okay, so this week the topic is... Um, today I learned, or this week I learned, or a story or realization um, from the week, a quick story. And I will kick us off um, and just share that this week uh, I was just back from a week away. I was feeling very refreshed. I had a very sort of digital light, I guess, week. Um, not very much online, quite disconnected, um, out enjoying myself and chilling out and relaxing. It was all good. Um, and then coming back into quite a busy week, quite a few things were going on um, already um, at the beginning of the week. And then halfway through the week, Twitter made a big announcement, which potentially will impact our customers, people using Buffer um, to share to Twitter. I started to feel towards the end of Wednesday, we've got sort of four or five slightly odd issues, like small bugs or things that are going on with um, a few different parts of Buffer. Like some things re you know, relate to third parties, bit out of our hand and then we had this product launch on Thursday and I was starting to think that maybe it'd be ideal if we didn't have that product launch or product announcement on Thursday and push that back a little bit um but you know what there's with so many things that can happen that are out of your control you can never really predict um or plan for having a quiet day <laughs> uh, it doesn't work that way does it um and so um and these things were too too um, but cumulatively, it did feel like a bit of a pressure at the time. Uh, we went ahead with the, so the story is we went ahead with, <laughs> with the announcement and I actually felt quite energized by having a whole new sort of fresh set of things to talk about because customers, um, were asking us questions about the product announcement and it was, it was a sort of quite a different type of conversation to be having than, um, letting people know about bugs or Twitter's thing or, um, troubleshooting other sort of whatever else might be going on. Um, talking about the product at, at a high level, I thought was, you know, actually increased my volume, my productivity and how sort of engaged I felt with, with our customers. I really enjoyed it. So I guess the lesson I've learned is even though you might 
feel that you're um, fighting lots of fires or that you're kind of overwhelmed or you've got enough on your plate and wouldn't want to take on something else, that in some circumstances there is an opportunity to just embrace um, the volume, the influx. I feel a little bit like what I'm saying that I'm envisioning um, Gandalf, like saying once more into the breach or like in front of a huge horde of army of something. Gandalf said once more into the breach. Isn't that from like World War One? No, that's from Shakespeare. Once more into the deep. Oh, thank you. Friends, once more, or close the wall up with our English dead. I'm really glad we have someone who actually knows what they're talking about. Okay, do you know what? <laughs> <laughs> I Gandalf really to have <laughs> in my head, Gandalf standing in front of an army and saying something like, do you know, oh my gosh, this is awful. Are you, are you thinking about Gandalf and the you shall not pass thing? Or the bit where he like arrives at the siege and he's changed clothes and he's yeah. cavalry. Shiny yeah, stick. I think it's that one. So uh, it took a quote from one thing and another movie <laughs> and another scene. And I basically <laughs> put that together for my own purposes. I think it makes sense anyway. We're just kind of making fun of you because it's funny. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> embrace. Embrace the ticket volume and the interesting conversations that come. I don't think that's even a good learning. Maybe like embrace the change and be like, let it, don't let it overwhelm you. Um, but like, see what you can learn i don't know i don't know how to phrase it but you know what i mean i hope yeah, I've, I've muddled myself up so what i'm going to do is um have a little think about it and record a little section later that i'll that hopefully uh sarah can can pop in let's move on thank you very much okay uh so my turn yes i'm going to tell you all about my degree project because i am so freaking excited about my degree project um and i started out not being excited about it really at all um, and it's because I've changed what I'm doing so one of the things I've learned over the course of uh, coming up for a full six years of studying for my computer science degree is that I am really not interested in being a software developer like I love the elements I get to use in my day-to-day -day job where I can troubleshoot code and I can send stuff to APIs and like I can figure out what's going on in our code base and point engineers and be like, this is the bit that's wrong and you should fix it. Um, but personally, I don't want to like build apps or build websites. That's not something I'm interested in. And my original plan for my final degree project was to build a piece of software or at least design it anyway um, and I was going to build a piece of software around support because that's something that I care about but the building the piece of software part I just really wasn't that engaged by and I was like I choose this project because it's something I know about and I can do and it'll be fine and I'm only working on it for like months and months what could possibly go wrong and last weekend, I went to a workshop for one of my other degree courses, which was around prototyping and design. And it was much more like hands on. Um, so we had to design a wearable product for a health purpose. Um, and I came up with a bunch of ideas that our team didn't use. And one of the ideas was something that I was actually like super interested in and super passionate about. And also during the course of the workshop, like I learned how to make a button, 
like from like sewing, like a sewed circuit where you like press a button um, and it's a button like made entirely of fabric and something happens. And I just was so interested in that because it combines like things that I am engaged by like electronics and crafts and like building things and making stuff. Um, and then the other part of my project is around um, anxiety and emotional dysregulation and how we can help people to better manage their anxiety without making like it screamingly obvious to the world like, hey, I have anxiety, I am freaking out right now. Um, because I know one of the last things I want when I'm having like an anxiety attack and my heart is racing and I'm like really scared for no apparent reason is for lots of people to stare at me or like, try and help me that just only makes me more stressed out because then I feel like I have to perform the act of being fine for these other people because I don't want them to worry and so what I'm actually doing for my degree project is I'm working on a wearable kind of design for something like maybe an item of clothing or like Dave suggested like a fabricy wristband where um, it will pick up on when your heart is like racing um, and your breathing is like sped up, but you're not actually doing activity um, or other like physiological signs um, before anxiety attacks happen. And um, then like, I'm going to have to do a bunch of research, which I'm even excited about the research, you guys. So good. Um, but it will pick up on uh, those kind of physical changes that, point to you're about to have an anxiety attack or like you need to calm down and will automatically like come up with things to help you calm down like um, haptic feedback to help you like regulate your breathing or um, like I don't know like lights that'll like go fast and then slow down that you can watch to help you calm down that kind of thing um, because it's a design project I have to not at this stage get too like entrenched in what I want the design to be because that needs to come from my research and my conversations with potential end users but I am so much more engaged and excited by this project and it combines so much of what I'm interested in and I think the lesson here is just because you're doing something with like an ultimate purpose doesn't mean you can't like tailor it to what your interests are and I think like we learn technical skills around our jobs, right? But we can still learn those elements of the skills that are interesting to us, especially because like you just, if you find something you're engaged by, then you're excited to learn it. And I think you do so much better than if you're like, I am just learning this for the sake of it. Anyway, that is my lesson for this week. I enthused very loudly at you and i hope that that was okay lisa i i want to say um and when we sort of talked about this yesterday briefly um it, there's like a really simple joy in listening to somebody talk about something they're really excited and passionate about so i want to say thank you for that it is brilliant i think this sounds one like a really incredible project yes i absolutely cool. agree would yeah that is totally fascinating to yeah, no, it is, isn't it? Um, what happened to you this week? What did you learn? This week, so for a little bit of context, um, I've been working for Expensive for the last four years. And right now I'm in this transition period where I am no longer 
I'm, I'm moving away from being an individual contributor and moving into a, a sort of a leadership kind of or a person with leadership responsibilities. So what that means is, I guess maybe not leadership responsibilities. All these words are so confusing. I am going to be supporting my colleagues. So supporting our, our other success coaches in making sure that they can do, do their work well and work with customers well and are supported in doing that. And so as part of that, I have engaged as a leadership coach and so the this leadership coach will work with me to develop the skills that I need and have the insights that I need to lead lead my colleagues better and to make sure that I'm supporting them better and so the the reason why I specifically did that was I was having a conversation on support driven in, in slack and there was this question around like how you go from measuring how well you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis or on a month-to-month -month basis or, or every year as an individual contributor to when you're in more of a sort of a, a leady managery position like how do you know that you're actually being successful every day because you no longer have like ticket volume and you no longer, no longer have csat and you no longer have positive feedback from customers and it becomes much more ethereal and much more about the the achievements of others and so as part of that, I had a conversation with someone and then um, he, he is a professional coach, it turns out, and uh, engaged him on, on uh, sort of a three-month project of working with me to, to better that. And so we had our first session on Monday and I guess I didn't really predict how, how much it would uncover like uncomfortable <laughs> things I'm uncomfortable with, but it turns out that that's actually one of the points of it is to uncover things that I'm uncomfortable with and challenge them and learn from them. Um, and so that has started. But one thing that happened in particular was I kind of feel like I, I've been immune from imposter syndrome for some stupid reason. And like, I felt it in some ways, but it, at work I've always been like, no, I'm, I'm pretty competent at this. Like I can, I can get my stuff done. You know, I have all the privilege of a middle-class white, broadly heterosexual male, like, and, uh, and so everything just goes well. And we were talking about a specific topic and I was, I was saying, well, you know, that's my way of doing it, but that doesn't, that doesn't mean it's it's a good way of doing it or the better way of doing it. And he sort of just broke it down and very much challenged me on it and said, like, usually I would go about the more indirect way of getting you to come to this realization. So I'm just going to call this one out, which is like, this is imposter syndrome. Because this is the first lesson, I'm just going to say it straight out. This is imposter syndrome. And so I, I, I was having the conversation and I just had this sort of, it was this dawning realization that I had always been aware that there was the potential for it. And it turns out that I've had it all along. <laughs> and, and that was, that was what I learned this week that there is, that it, it is, I do have imposter syndrome and I totally recognized that it was possible for me to have it. And I just kind of didn't, didn't accept that I had it before this week. So that was very interesting for me. Both of you. Hello. Hello. I was just going to say, I think it's totally possible to have imposter syndrome about like some areas of your life while also feeling like competent and great in other areas of your life. Yeah. I mean, I, yes, I think maybe, <laughs> I think you can be competent and great and still have imposter syndrome and things as well. But I, I see what you mean. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think I hadn't accepted that I have it in this particular part of it. <laughs> 
does it do you feel like looking back that this impulse syndrome has manifested in ways that it has blocked you or um held you back in some areas now that you're kind of like viewing it with a slightly different perspective or is it more towards sort of like new things or current things that you're doing yeah i think so i think so far it hasn't held me back much uh actually maybe now that i think about it dave i think i'm having a crisis um (laughs) no not really um but yeah like now i'm starting to i'm starting to to spot the patterns a little bit in in previous conversations and i think it wasn't something that I had to address really until this point. And now that I'm making this sort of this switch now, I think if I hadn't addressed it this early or if he hadn't addressed it this early, I think this would have been a bigger problem longer term, but nipping it in the bud pretty, pretty early on has made that a lot, a lot easier to manage long term. That's, that's very cool. And also just wanted to say how cool it is to hear that you're taking like a proactive step for self-development and engaging with a mentor that's a really cool one looking forward to hearing more about about your journey yeah i'm very excited he's he's sent me some homework and it's uncomfortable homework as well so <laughs> i'm most of the way through the uncomfortable homework but i have more uncomfortable homework to do so <laughs> wow oh definitely look forward to hearing more about it I was just going to say something else, but I, I feel like I'm now making it all about me for a second. But I just want to tell you guys about, um, I pitched for this Port Driven Expo and the topic I pitched about was how to learn like technical skills for support and like a little bit of like how you code and that type of thing. And immediately like I submitted the pitch and then I was like, oh my God, I am not qualified to talk to people about this. <laughs> and uh, then I was telling um, Javier, my coworker about like what my talk was about. And he was like, oh yeah, you're really good about good at all that stuff. Like it's gonna be great. And I immediately, I was like, oh, okay. Maybe that was just all in my head. And I remembered that I have like most of a computer science degree and I can look yeah. at our code base <laughs> and understand vaguely what it's doing. Um, and I do have technical skills, but I, like, I still feel like I am like not a real developer, like not a real person who understands code, not that technical somehow still in my brain. I wonder if there's an element or an aspect or sort of parallel thing to imposter syndrome where you set yourself against or compare yourself against a set of skills. You see yourself at like the bottom of the ladder in the process um, and you consider yourself against people who have better or more knowledge on that subject. And I guess that's where it comes from because you're saying you're an imposter and, and not as good as people. Um, to hear you say that just kind of like is really interesting because I would say from what you said, if there was a ladder and at the top of it is a developer like who is coding and that is their full time thing, I would say I'm, it's a, say it's a, a rung of a hundred steps. I would say I'm probably on rung two of knowing anything about this and that I see you as being sort of 70 to 80 of the way there. Um, so it's, it's completely relative, isn't it? I don't know if that's sort of an aspect of this. Yeah, I mean... But you are doing a computer science degree, so it's amazing to hear you say. Yeah, but and I hang out all day at work with people who, like, are developers, and so I'm like, well, they're the ones who really know what they're doing, and I am just, like, making it up and, like, figuring it out as I go along. 
Fun fact, everyone is. I have, yes. I have such a parallel. <laughs> like, so, so I've been, um, I've mentioned it a couple of times, but I'm starting this project where I'm like writing about managing customer relationships, right? And as part of that, I've been jotting down my thoughts. And one thing I had to address was exactly that. It was like, oh, everyone knows this stuff. But have that realization that actually very few people do. The people I surround myself with every day at work all know customer management really well. But one of the things that I've been doing is speaking to people who manage customers in other companies and coming to the realization that in a lot of ways, Expensify, we, we kind of have our stuff together with customer relationship management and sort of managing relationships with high value customers. And a lot of people have their, have their stuff together in different ways, um, but no, like no one's perfect. And there's so much that we can learn from each other. Um, and it's been so, so interesting already uh, without even having written the book yet and more about how you can get updates on that later on. Uh, but just the research process so far has been just utterly fascinating and really reassured me that this is a project worth writing about. So, phew, <laughs> not wasting my time. <laughs> no, not at all. I'm just going to pop in quickly with uh, something that I learned or realized in this last week. I've been doing a lot of reflecting and sort of deep diving into um, some of my insecurities and things that I struggle with on a day-to-day -day basis and I've been talking to someone about it and have been finding it super helpful I mean hard to dig into the stuff that really makes us feel uncomfortable and makes us feel something because I think it's easier to throw your attention and throw your energy into something else as opposed to confront feelings that are really difficult to deal with or things that are really integral to who you are as a person and I'd been talking about this situation with this person and I was explaining a lot of what had happened and I was trying to find the touchstones as to when I had made a mistake or done something wrong to negatively impact the situation. And from what I'd said, the person couldn't see anything particular that I had done to cause the outcome, but noted that I had these two really conflicting emotions about the situation. And one was a very rational response that showed that I had insight into the situation and I knew why things had ended up that way. And the other conflicting notion was that I had done something to break it or to ruin it or to cause the outcome of that situation. And this person said to me something really super insightful that made me think a lot on what's happened to me in the past and how I've reacted to that and the things that I take on board when something, when I go through something difficult. And that is that sometimes we take on the responsibility for something that has happened, even when it's not us that's in the wrong or there's no particular way to put blame on a situation. But we take responsibility for this pain or for this outcome because we think that if we can fix it within ourselves or we can find a solution, then it will, I mean, either heal the situation, justify the outcome, or that if we were to enter into a similar situation again, we would have the tools that we need to prevent that outcome from happening again. And this may sound a little bit woolly and I'm trying not to be specific about the situation because I think it's quite applicable to a whole bunch of different situations um, in my life but in, perhaps in your life too. So I think it's a really interesting exercise to talk about thoughts that you have in your mind and to kind of reconcile the rational and emotional sides of your brain. Um, I'm not obviously talking about there being two specific sides of the brain. There's been lots of theories to prove and disprove that. So I don't really want to get into that discussion, but more in the sense of like the pain that you may feel 
in those situations is not necessarily the from the situation, it's actually from this internal conflict that you have where you're fighting against the rational part of your brain that knows that the situation was unavoidable or that there wasn't anything you could have done to prevent this from happening um, against the other side that wants to pin everything, the less rational side of your brain or perhaps the damaged part of you that wants to point the finger at you and make you take responsibility for the situation so that you have some way of fixing it or remedying it. But I will leave that for now. Um, thank you for listening. Okay, so Connie, you mentioned that you're doing homework. That's uh, yeah, that's in- incredible to to take that on on top of everything else that you're doing at the moment. Um, <laughs> I said about Lisa as well, <laughs> um, and I was just going to use that as a segue into uh, into homework. And I think Lisa's got some homework for all. Yeah, I have one homeworky thing, um, which is. Stop. Okay, this is homework for myself, uh, but it may also apply to other people. So when I say this in this way, if this isn't something that you do, you can just ignore it. But stop looking at other people's Instagram and thinking that they have it all together and you are a wreck. Um, Stop looking at people's like beautiful photos of their homes that are clean and perfect and lovely. And then looking around your own home and thinking, oh my God, I'm such a failure. because social media lies and no one has it all together. It's filtered in more ways than one, right? Yes, Lisa. (laughs) (laughs) I've just, yeah, I've just deleted Instagram and Snapchat for the week because I'm out of office for the next week. So, and I just signed out of Facebook on my, on the mobile web app. Cause how we know what you're up to I'll just, you've got my sorry for talking, Dave. Dave. <laughs> yeah. And but sorry, also, I think my internet might have just dropped out a little bit and had me talking over you. Oh, no. It's all right. It's a mobile. Can I talk about my homework? <laughs> Funnily enough, yes. my homework is if you want to learn update, learn why and how, most importantly, you should manage relationships with your customers. If you're intrigued by the research that I've been doing so far, you should go to startmanagingcustomers.com and there you will have a poorly formatted and hastily put together uh, email subscription form. You can drop in your email address and your first name and then I will send you a uh, five-week email course, I think it is. I should know. I think it's five weeks. It feels like five weeks. And then after that, you'll be added to my newsletter as well. And then you'll get updates on the book that I'm writing. Good. You should do that. Thank you for doing that. Do it now. Fantastic. (laughs) Okay. So if you would like to get in touch with us and uh, send us any requests for topics, any questions you have, if you'd like a sticker, you can get in touch with us and you can email us if you'd like, hello at supportbreakfast.com. You can also find our website, supportbreakfast.com, and you can tweet us at supportbrekkie, B-R-E-K-K-I-E. Uh, you can subscribe to the podcast on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Play, Google Play Music. Just search for Support Breakfast. And if you like the show and want to donate, that would be awesome. You can send us a few pounds or dollars at ko-fi.com slash support brecky ko hyphen fi.com slash support brecky thank you as ever our intro and outro music is drops of h2o the filtered water treatment by jay lang and individually you can find us on twitter i'm at dave chapman d-a-v-e-c-h-a-p-m-a-n 
I'm at Gentle Thorns, which is the word gentle and the word thorns smushed together because my real name was taken and that was what I came up with. And I'm at Connor P, that's C-O-N-O-R-P, and P is for podcast. Cooner. Cooner. <laughs> and we also have Sarah, who is uh, Sarah Lee H. I almost forgot. <laughs> After 56 episodes. <laughs> Sarah Lee H. S-A-R-A-H-L-E-Y-H. Okay, that's all for this week. Thank you very much. Thanks. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. I'm waiting.